I guess we should do this thing, huh? Fuck yeah, let's do this. All right. Fucking back. And it's episode 25 of Tip to Tip with Lou and Chris. My name is Lou. And my name is Christopher. I went back to the Lou? Did you hear it? Yes, I sure did. I have to make a concerted effort or it comes out just naturally. It's ridiculous. I don't know what's wrong with me. Dude, this is episode 25. You know, it's the quarter century episode. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, this is the quarter century episode, right? (laughs) We can rent a car now. Oh, it's official. Yeah. We can rent a car, we can drink alcohol, we can buy pornography, we can smoke cigarettes, we can fucking... I don't know. Do you know what the rules on brothels are? Do you have to be 21, 18? <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird if I knew all the rules for being in a brothel? <laughs> it would be weird and awesome. And there'd be more story to tell there, I think. There'd be a whole lot. I have a friend who, one of the things he did when he was in Europe was go to a brothel in Amsterdam to get a blowjob from a professional just because he wanted to check it off the list. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? How'd that he go? Was, I mean, he said it was good. He got a nice blowjob. Paid for it. Red light district, you know, he had the experience. Yeah. I don't, I don't really need that experience personally, but I'm glad he had it. It wasn't good on your list. Nope. Still not. Never was. I'm good. I'm good with the free blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> they've been, they've been we, good to me. We call those love jobs. <laughs> Love jobs. Oh, love uh, I, jobs. Like a, I like a good love job. Um, who, who today we're going to be <laughs> today we're going to be talking about Virgin Megastore. I worked at Virgin Megastore. Um, where was that located? This was located in, I think, technically West Hollywood. I think it's right on the edge, but it's it was West Hollywood. Uh, let's do the let's do the occupational breakdown first. Do you want to take this one? Occupational breakdown. No, that was very high and scratchy. <laughs> it kind of hurt. Yeah, maybe maybe do that less often. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's the uh, intro to the occupational breakdown that you just did there. <laughs> you sound like, maybe we should do another one. <laughs> no, no, that's the one. I like that one. Um, Virgin Megastore. It's a big place that sells CDs and shit. Uh, my position held was merchandiser slash cashier. If I remember correctly, my wage earned up oh, five seventy five. We took a downturn <laughs> we were going in the wrong direction. Now I went from, you know, like six twenty five up to eight. Then now I'm down at five seventy five, man. Not good. Not good. Uh, and I was employed for about two months at this one. This is a two monther, <laughs> a couple of two monthers in a row here. If you don't include the extra job. Um. That's the occupational breakdown. Occupational breakdown. <laughs> you know, I think we need to do, I think we need to come up with an actual little theme song and like figure out the notes and harmonize and see if we can get it at least kind of part way there. So after I did the extra work, 
I got a job. (laughs) 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 This is the problem with doing three of these in a row, huh? Holy fuck. I think we found the chink in the armor. All right. Well, let me ask you two. Are there still Virgin Megastores? I don't think so. Um, I, all the ones I knew have closed. I'm pretty sure they they went out of business or uh, liquid liquidated. Whatever you do when you want to like not be a company anymore, but you know, are still there's some sort of virgin virgin something out there, right? Well, yeah, Richard that guy's Branson. Like, yeah, he's like a fucking he's, billionaire. Yeah, he's still doing his thing. He's trying to build like fucking rockets to go to Mars. So I guess he decided CDs weren't the way to go. Let's make spaceships. <laughs> But so weird. yeah, but at the time, Virgin Megastores were pretty cool. I don't know. Did did you shop in them? Was that a thing? Did we ever go to one? We did not. Okay, we did, we did not. Um, did did you ever go to the one, one in Chicago? No, there was one in Chicago downtown, like the Loop area, and it was one of the stops. So back in the day, you know, me and Dan, we we do our kind of thing. We'd hang out and. One of the things we would do is just kind of go from like record store to record store and browse and maybe buy something or look at fucking what they had or it was, you know, like part of our fun. So we'd hit all the fucking Tower Records, the various ones. Sometimes we'd go downtown to the Tower Records downtown and then sometimes we'd go to. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Virgin Megastore was one of the places we would hit. It was like a big fucking place. It had like multiple stories and it was fucking huge. And then when I got to L.A., there was a Virgin Megastore in West Hollywood, corner of like Laurel Canyon and Sunset Boulevard. There's a kind of a mall there. It's sort of like a weird horseshoe shaped mall. There's a movie theater. There's a fucking crunch gym. There is a bunch of other stores at the time. Now it's different. There's some other stuff there. The crunch is still there. The movie theater is there, although I think the movie theater has changed a little. But. Uh, yeah, the, the Virgin Megastore was there and I applied like everywhere else with a paper application by walking in. And I think I might've called them and said like, Hey, I, I turned an application in. I'm just trying to find out if you guys are hiring at all. But I got the job and then like, um, I don't know, two weeks later, Aaron got a job there in the classical department because <laughs> cause I'm like, Hey, they're hiring. You should apply there. And so he did. Uh, but I got hired first, so I win. And one of the things that was interesting about this fucking job, when I got hired, I had to sign a document saying that I would respect the privacy of any celebrities who were shopping there. Very cool. So I was like, okay, well, then this must be a regular occurrence, right? Because why the fuck would I have to sign a non-disclosure kind of thing? Right. If... So I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of an interesting different thing like that's not something you do anywhere other than in la probably (laughs) maybe new york so yeah i did that and expected to see many many celebrities uh the same day i got hired there was you know we did our new our new employee orientation and two of the guys that were in that orientation with me that got hired at the same time had moved to la from like michigan or some shit to be filmmakers Okay. And, you know, we like chit chatted and stuff on our breaks and kind of whatever. And then after the lunch break, one of the guys was gone. <laughs> and it was like mysterious. Like, wait, where'd the other guy go? Wasn't there two of you a minute ago? And it was like, we didn't, nobody talked about it. And I was like, all right, well, that's weird. And I'll come back, I'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, cause I think it's fun to have like a, like a cliffhanger there. You, know, <laughs> you can look forward to finding out what happened there. If he was a ghost, 
He was never there. This <laughs> fucking sixth sense. <laughs> so, so spooky. You'll find out. All right. Um, the job itself was okay. It wasn't like bad, but it was kind of awkward. I spent half my shifts on register and then the other half like merchandising the CD sections, alphabetizing and stocking shelves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was kind of like other like music stores that I'd worked at or video stores that I'd worked at, but it was a little more regimented. Like I, I had to be where I had to be when I had to be there kind of thing. There was a lot of employees in that fucking place. Um, and I didn't really meet very many of them. But I got along really well with my supervisor, Trevor, and he was like a cool guy. And he was always like inviting me to go out to the fucking bar after work. And so one time I did because I was like, I'm trying to meet new people and I'm trying to not be as much of a fucking prick. And, you know, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't breaking edge, but (laughs) (laughs) but I was kind of trying to like brother. I was trying to not be like as much of an asshole. I was trying to be more open, you know? Yeah. And. I was so uncomfortable going out with them, like them all drinking. And it, you know what the problem was? They constantly were trying to get me to drink. So like uh, always like, here, just have one. Just have one. It was like, I could tell that me not drinking was making them uncomfortable. For they sure. Were fixated on it. So I kind of learned my lesson a little bit on that one, you know, like because I hadn't been around people drinking, I didn't really know that was too much of a thing. And I was like, okay, this is a, I have to, be a little more strategic if I want to integrate. But I did, remember being real awkward. Did that piss you off? It didn't piss me off. It was just like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't have friends. Like, I can't be friends with people who drink because it's got to be like a topic of conversation all the time. Like, no, right. everybody wants to know why I'm not drinking, you know? And I could just lie and say I'm like an AA or something, but I, it's not my nature either. So I was just like, oh, I don't want this to be a thing all the fucking time. Right. So I, I don't think I went out with him any other time but that one time. Uh, but he was super nice. He liked me, seemed to. One of the coolest things about this job was every week or two, I think maybe on payday, the employees got to pick five CDs from the pro the promo room. So you'd like go get your paycheck and then you'd go into this room where like the walls were all just covered in fucking CDs and you just pick five. And, and it was like 90... Yeah, they're for you. They're just promos. They they were free CDs that they just, you know, had. Like 90% of it was garbage. Probably 50% of it is stuff you've never heard of, even if you're a music fan. And then 40% of what's left you've heard of and you would not want for free. And then 10% 10 that's left after that is like stuff that looks kind of interesting or you maybe heard of but never heard or you heard and were kind of interested in. So... Yeah, I got a lot of weird CDs that I don't really remember anything that I got that way, but I know I got a bunch of weird stuff. Like, nothing awesome. No victory samplers? No, no. It was like shit where I would get it and I'd be like, oh, this is hilarious. But there was nothing where I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad I got this. Now I love this band, you know? Yeah. Um, It's promos, so it's like promotional shit no one would want to pay for, mostly. But it was still kind of cool, you know? It was sort of like a little treat. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, So musically, there's two things that I remember being relevant during this time period. Number one, I remember being embarrassed about the fact that I really, really liked that Third Eye Blind album. (laughs) 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 The first one with the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, right? Yeah. That fucking album. Yeah. I I liked that album. I didn't want to like that album, but it would, like, play while we were 
putting CDs in in the fucking security things in the back. Yeah. And after a couple of times listening to it, I'm like find myself kind of humming along and grooving to it. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. It's not in my nature to pretend. Just quick side story. Yeah, go ahead. In the year 2000, I went to a show at the Cicero Raceway, and it was called Rockfest. And of course. It was like this huge fucking festival show, and Metallica played it, Kid Rock played it, Stone Temple Pilots played it. That was really fucking cool. <laughs> Third Eye Blind. Nice. Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. All right. Um, That's a weird lineup. It, dude, it was so fucking bizarre, and there were a lot more. But uh, actually, I haven't thought about that in years. Stone Temple Pilots was so fucking good. What year was that? Like 2000. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I like Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. I like them more than I think that someone might expect me to like them. You know? I could see that, yeah. But, yeah, they're a good band. They had some good songs. Scott Weiland could sing. I mean, they're no when they third first... eye blind. And they are, yeah. When 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 they first came out, they I was definitely like, oh, these guys are trying really hard to be Nirvana. Like, is so like Nirvana and Alice in Chains. If they fucked, then Stone Temple <laughs> Pilots would come out. Um, but they it was they were sort of undeniably still good, even though they were sort of derivative. They had a they had a heaviness that I feel like a lot of those bands didn't have. Well, that's like the Alice in Chains side of it. Like Alice yeah. in Chains to me was heavier than a lot. And I mean, Soundgarden was pretty heavy too. Yeah, that's true. Especially in like the like Bad Motor Finger days. But yeah, Third Eye Blind is not heavy. And <laughs> at the time I remember thinking like, oh, I don't want to admit to people that I like this, but I'm also not going to lie and say I don't when I do. So when it comes up in conversation, I'm just going to have to eat it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely ate occasional shit on that one. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I remember too is this is the first time I was really exposed to electronic music, like DJ type music. Because mm. it was pretty popular at the time. It was becoming more popular and those DJs were starting to become like names in more mainstream way. Who was popular back then? I remember Paul Oakenfold was like huge at the time. So that was the one where I was like, oh, what is this? I remember listening to it and being like, it's just like blips and beeps with the fucking behind it. And I was like, I don't, I don't know that this is music. Like, this is border. This is borderline just like video game soundtrack, you know? Right. Um, I didn't have a lot of respect for it. And in a few episodes, my position will shift slightly. That'll be an interesting conversation to have when that happens. But during this time, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know that there's talent here. Uh, you know, whether or not I'm, I'm right about that or wrong, or whether or not I still think that or not. I guess we'll talk about another time. To be continued. Um, very, very early on at this job, I do you know who Giovanni Rabisi is? He's yes. an actor. Okay. Love him. I like, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan as well. Uh, and from, I, he was in like indie movies and shit that I liked. Like I definitely d- dug him. So anyway, he came up to me, I'm working just in the CD section and he comes up to me and he's like, you know, Hey, excuse me. Can I, can I get some help? And I was like, fuck, that's Giovanni Rabisi. I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> sure. What can I do for you, sir? What's up? Gio? But he, he uh, he's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm looking for some death metal. I don't know. You seem like maybe you'd, you'd know. And I was like, yeah, I do know. He's like, yeah, I'm like 
he's, I'm like, well, what are you looking for? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, you know, pr- kind of getting ready for this role and I'm, and the character is supposed to be super into this kind of music. And so I'm just looking for some stuff to listen to, to kind of get the, get into the, the headspace or whatever. I was like, all right. And then, so I started like grabbing up, like I got him Sepultura, um, Arise and fucking Carcass album. And I was just trying to get him like the shit I liked that yeah. was in that genre. And I know, of course I, I have that taste. So I definitely had some ideas. And I remember him being like, is this death metal? And he like held up a Judas Priest album. Aww. And for a split second, I was like, and then he started laughing. And I was like, oh, you fucker. He's like, totally fucking with me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, he was a super nice guy. And I sold him some death metal CDs and he went on his way. And I was like, all right. I I did not harass him. I stayed true to my fucking disclosure statement that I signed. Trevor, Trevor didn't call you in the office after that? Nope. I was good to go. I didn't ask for a fucking, uh, autograph or anything i didn't try to smell his underarm <laughs> that'd be a weird <laughs> uh, a weird thing to do geo geo can i smell your underarm real quick <laughs> exactly lift your arm up. uh do you know who Lori petty is i think i might have mentioned Lori petty on an earlier episode remind me she was the female lead in point break in the original point break with keanu reeves she played yes, she, she was, was also, also in tank girl yeah. probably free willy i don't know but she i bumped into her like I turned a corner and bumped into her on accident and she was super not cool. Like she was very unpleasant about it. I don't Whoa. know if she was having a bad day or what, but like it was a hundred percent an accident and I didn't like knock her over or anything. It was just like, we turned into each other on a corner and she acted like I fucking accosted her. I was like, Jesus. All right. Well, That's have a great lame. rest of your day. Like she was, uh, I would probably describe her as a snatch at the time. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of a bummer because I was a big Point Break guy, and you know, for a split second, I'm like, "Oh shit, Tank Girl's mad at me." <laughs> you, <laughs> you almost got your ass blown up. I mean, she definitely was not happy with me in that moment. And then also, I don't know if you know who David Allen Greer is. He's a comedian. Yeah, he's been on stuff. I think maybe you know, in Living he, Color. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also a prick. Wow. He was also kind of a prick. I don't remember what he asked me, but he asked me something, and I was like, oh, and then he just his attitude was like, "All right, well." I guess you didn't want to interact with me right then, but yeah, just the vibe I got off him stuck with me. Like just, all right, well, some of these celebrities aren't as nice as others. Wow. They're not all Giovanni Ribisi, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And then, uh, I also saw Kevin Smith in the video department while working there Yeah. and I was too nervous to say something to him. Not because of the fucking disclosure form, but just because Kevin Smith is very important kind of in my like you know i don't know my taste and my past and i he's sort of he's like a kindred spirit you know what i mean like I, you know you kind of feel like you know him after so many years and at the time i had seen uh chasing amy maybe a year before that and obviously was a huge fan of clerks and just yeah i remember seeing him and be like holy fuck that's kevin smith i can uh, see that yeah yeah, I'm like, I don't want to, I want to go tell him that he's awesome, but I don't want to, like, be a fucking douchebag, so I did not. And then I kind of regretted it, because obviously, years and years and years later, I now know the kind of guy he is, and he would have obviously been super cool. Yeah. But, whatever. It is what it is. I do remember seeing him there, though, and being like, oh, shit, this job is weird, you know? I remember thinking, like, wow, there's celebrities around every corner, and it's hilarious, because as you'll hear about in the next job... 
this fucking job had nothing on that job. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, something else that was pretty funny, uh, well, I don't know if funny is the word, but kind of interesting, was there was a bomb scare while we were work while I was working there. Mm. And Aaron was actually working that night too. And I we had there was an elevator in the store. Yeah. Because there was a top floor and a bottom floor. Otherwise known as first and second floor. <laughs> top <laughs> top floor and bottom floor. Uh, so uh <laughs> there was like a suspicious package in the elevator and they fucking evacuated the entire mall and made everybody leave. And so we were all standing across the street and it's like I don't know. 10 at night or something we're all standing in the parking lot of the mcdonald's across the street just like waiting <laughs> yeah to, to find out if we can go back to work or what's going on and while we're standing out there we're all just kind of staying there talking like employees and stuff and i look to my left and there's fucking ben stiller standing there in the parking lot of mcdonald's like with his like group of two or three people that he was with so then of course we all got chatting and he was seeing a movie at the movie theater when it got evacuated because of the suspicious package in Virgin. Yeah. And so we all stood out there for like maybe he stood out there for like I don't know, maybe fifteen minutes. Did Ben Stiller have anything interesting to say that you can remember? No, he was he, he was super quiet. He was nice, but he was like very to his he was talking to his friends a little and then his friends were talking more to us mm. like the people he was with yeah but yeah they were they honestly they waited for about like 20 minutes 15 minutes and then they just bounced they got like a cab or something and took off because all of our cars were in the parking garage underneath the mall we couldn't go get them okay so at a certain point it was it became apparent like our shift had ended and we were still standing out there <laughs> and aaron was like you just want to walk home i'm like fuck it let's run home so we fucking ran home, like, you know, exercise style. We took a jog <laughs> home. Yeah. That how, was interesting. How far were you living from work at that time? Um, Maybe a mile and a half tops. It wasn't too far. If you just go straight from our apartment, just get on Sunset and go straight west. And you get there and it's not too long. I'd say it probably took about half an hour to walk. It's probably like a 15 minute run. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't far. It might have been might have been two miles, but it's definitely not far. And it's all s- flat and straight, so just like you. That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys worked um, up a sweat. <laughs> yeah, we worked up a bit of a sweat. It wasn't actually an easy run. I was in pretty good shape, so yeah. Uh, yeah, we were going to the the gym. We actually joined a gym right up, like maybe two blocks away from our apartment. And it was like a small gym. It was called Bulldog. Mm. And they had a fucking DJ in there spinning on Fridays and Saturdays. No way. Yeah, it was fucking <laughs> weird. But it was a small place. It wasn't like big. So it was like a real, like more of like a gym gym than like a chain gym. You okay. know? And then just randomly they had a fucking cage with a DJ spinning in it. Like these certain days. It was fucking bizarre. But it was awesome. I pushed much weight there. I got very in shape during that time. And I remember <laughs> there. I, so I was a vegetarian still. We talked about um, back in the uh, like Hughes episode or warehouse episode. I became a vegetarian in like 96 and I was still a vegetarian in 98 at this point. And so I was eating like metrics bars and fucking protein powder and amino <laughs> acid pills and shit. And then, you know, eating like fucking Subway sandwiches and shit. Yeah. But I was running a lot, you know, treadmill and around L.A. and lifting fucking every other day religiously. And I remember one of these days I was in the gym alone lifting weights 
and this guy that worked there is this black dude with fucking dreadlocks he comes up to me and he's like hey man what are you what are you taking and i was like what do you mean and he's like what do you what are you on and i'm like i don't follow what are you asking me like i really didn't genuinely didn't know that he was asking me like what steroid i was using it's like what do you mean he's like i've seen you coming in here for like the last you know two months or so and he's like yeah you were all right like when he first started coming like you're all right he did that and he's like and then all of a sudden you got fucking huge i'm like i'm literally just eating protein powder i'm not i'm like i don't even eat meat dude like (laughs) i'm eating protein powder and fucking lifting weight real heavy and i guess that my genetics are doing the right thing because i fucking went from benching like i think i was benching maybe 220 when i first started working out of that gym and then by the time it was more than two months by this time, it was probably like January of 99. I was benching like 270 or 275 in there. That's awesome. Like no spotter, you know, just doing like my last, you know, I would pyramid up. So my last two fucking reps would be of like 270, 275. And this guy was like, there's no way this guy's not on fucking Roy's because he <laughs> saw me come in and do like 220. He saw me like struggle with the two plates, you know, right. But four plates, I guess, two on each side. But uh, yeah, it was funny to have this guy accuse me of doing steroids, basically. He wasn't being a dick. I think he wanted maybe to buy some from me or something, you know? And I was like, no, I'm sorry, man. I don't have the secret for you. But I used to lift in there, and and one of the guys that I would occasionally lift with, he was, uh, an actor, but he also was, like, playing, like, Superman or Spider-Man at, like, kids' birthday parties and shit. But he was, like, tall and model-looking, and he was all fucking buff. Yeah. And, you know, we'd, like, push each other, like, lift heavy, lift heavy, go more and more. And I fucking remember one time we were doing uh, incline dumbbell presses, and I fucking was just, you know, I was all fucking pumped, ready to go and amped, you know, lifting with this Spider-Man. And then I fucking dropped one of the bars on my face. <laughs> like, I, I got it up, and then my fucking elbow just went out on me, and it just whacked me right in the fucking head. It's like, fuck! And I had a big welt on my forehead from oh, this, man. like, 50-pound weight. But he's like, are you all right? I'm like, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a cool gym, you know? It was kind of, like, you could fucking lift in there shirtless. You know, like, it's, like, really very, very few rules. It was very, like, people lifting in, like, like a open, like, ripped flannel shirt with no sleeves and no neck and just, like, open, like, a button-down open. Yeah. Shit, like, looking like a lumberjack lifting weights. Totally. But, and I remember one time I was leaving the gym, I was waiting for the light to cross, and these girls, like, drove up and were, like, kind of uh, catcalling me. And one of the girls, like, screamed, like, I don't remember what she said, but she yelled something about Marky Mark at me because I was staying there in my fucking like I had like shorts that were kind of like too baggy and like down kind of on my hips. You know, my fucking underwear was sticking out the top of them and I was like wearing a wife beater or something and I was all, you know, post workout like veiny and shit. Nice. And I remember thinking like, I'll take that compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and it, I could, I got the sense she wasn't like yelling, you're no Marky Mark. <laughs> You know, it was it was more like, "What's up, Marky Mark?" You know, that kind of thing. Because I fucking you know, I had like the the bod going. Yeah, totally. But yeah, it was like one of those things where I just got in super good shape during that period. And uh, in future episodes here, the next two episodes, we'll talk more about that because it'll become more evident in you know w- what direction I was going. Yeah, and what was motiv- and what was motivating me. But yeah. Um, why did you only work there for uh, two months? Because I... <sighs> I want to get into this at this point or not. Um, relationship stuff, okay. I guess. 
well, I guess I'll, I'll, I guess I'll get into it now. I was going to talk about it a little bit later in the episode, but so during this time, my relationship was starting to melt down like pretty significantly. She, uh, Jacqueline got a job at tower video and she met a guy working there and, you know, we had an open relationship, so it was not a big deal that she met a guy. It wasn't even a thing to me at all. I was kind of like, cool, exciting. I, I look forward to meeting him slash hearing about him. You can tell me, tell me what's going on. Like, it's interesting. It was not at all. Didn't make me feel any. Yeah. yeah. It didn't make me feel any sort of way. And then slowly she, uh, she would like stop coming home from work. Like she wouldn't come home after work or she'd go to hang out with him and then she wouldn't come home and she wouldn't call me to tell me that she wasn't coming home. And then I would like stay up all night, like staring at the ceiling. And then she'd get home at like, I don't know, five or six in the morning. And she'd say like, Oh, my car got blocked in, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. There was just like distance being created. I could feel it, but it was sort of like, because we had an open relationship and because the rules were pretty like the rules were very like, just be honest and don't fuck without a condom, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, she wasn't doing anything that really was against any rule. It was just like, I could feel like something was wrong, you know, like something wasn't the same. And obviously, you know, hindsight being what it is, she decided that she didn't want to be in a relationship with me anymore. But instead of just like saying, Hey, I don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore. She just found a relationship she'd rather be in. Um, but I didn't really understand that that's what was happening. So I was really not understanding the signals. And obviously my feelings were hurt. And then I was also like pissed. And then I also didn't have any reason to be pissed. So I was kind of pissed at myself. There was a lot of self-loathing happening. And this actually kind of plays into the whole working out thing. Because I was like lifting weights to become a machine. You know, like it's what it felt like to me. I was trying to make myself made out of metal or something. Right. Because I just was like, fuck these feelings. These feelings are weak. You know, I don't, I don't want to feel that way. That's, that's not the way. And I just, I don't know. At some point I didn't feel like going to work. I didn't feel like working. Things were like fucked up enough where I was just like, I don't care. Like what, what the fuck's going to happen? So I just didn't want to go to that job anymore. And I fucking stopped going to it. I don't even remember if I gave notice or if I just stopped showing up, but yeah, I got in a real fucked up mind space and it was also weird because while that was happening, the band was sort of going in the right direction. You know, we, I talked about how we would practice in San Dimas for a while. We recorded that demo and then we got a practice space in Hollywood, like maybe a 20 minute walk from our apartment. So we would leave our amps there and just take our guitars back and forth and uh so like yeah it was it was convenient we'd fucking practice all the time we got aaron got us our first show in la at an internet cafe called cyber java which was actually a block north of the gym that i went to yeah same neighborhood and uh yeah it was like the the manager there decided he wanted to start doing like live music and so we were the first band to play live music there and we set up on the patio and we played a like undistorted set. So it wasn't acoustic, but it was like low key, you know, like all the amps turned down. Shane played with brushes and didn't have his full set. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and we played, you know, like like four or five originals, and then we played three covers. We played uh, about Three Dreams by Shudder to Think, Tomorrow by Morrissey, and Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic by The Police. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we were trying to learn um, La Isla Bonita by Madonna, but I I just was like couldn't get behind it. It was just really feeling wrong to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we were also tra- we were also learning a Doobie Brothers song, but we never got it tight enough to to play it live. But yeah, we played our whole set twice. We played our whole set, and then the guy working there was like, "Do it again." And we're like, "All right." And we just played our shit twice. <laughs> like we did two sets. And I remember at one point while we're playing, I'm like singing singing the song, and I look over to the left, and Bill Maher is standing there, like he had been walking by, and he stopped to check out the music, you know. And he's just standing there, like bobbing his head, and I'm like, "I like your comedy." It's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking random, dude. Yeah, it was very weird and random and didn't feel it was like, what are we doing? Like, we're this fucking kind of punk emo band that we're playing a fucking outdoor coffee shop in Hollywood. And there's people walking by they're all dressed up to go to the clubs and shit that are next door. And there's people drinking fucking coffee and like on their fucking laptops working on their screenplay while I'm sitting there fucking playing my song, you know? Right. It was very, very strange. Um but then the other thing that's kind of funny about that is that Cyber Java, not long after we played that show, I went there to like get a juice or something. And you remember the guy that disappeared halfway through the orientation? <laughs> yes. There he is working at the Cyber Java. And I was like, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did he look a mess? What's going on? No, he looked fine. I was like, what's going on, dude? And he remembered me. And so, first of all, the reason why he was memorable to me is because I found him attractive. yeah it was like he was kind of nice and i like the idea like hey you moved here from another place to be a fucking filmmaker i i can vibe with that but he was also handsome to me and i was like i don't know if there's something there but i'm willing to see did he bag groceries (laughs) no (laughs) no but but uh but that's why he was like memorable to me so like here we are two months later or whatever and he's standing in this fucking cyber java like ringing up my order and i was like hey you remember me and he's like yeah, i remember you i'm like where the fuck did you go apparently at some point he like got pulled out of our orientation by loss prevention and they accused him of stealing like during the orientation they accused him <laughs> of stealing stealing something and they fucking let him go they sent him on his way <laughs> but they weird. kept his like roommate slash guy he moved to california with the whole thing was like weird i was like that's very strange and i remember thinking like i don't really care if he stole <laughs> even if he did or didn't it doesn't matter to me right. it's kind of funny if he did and it's it's stupid but it's kind of funny but i remember also like oh well maybe we can like you know work on a screenplay together and you know like suck each other's dicks <laughs> uh, i remember th- i remember thinking that in my head right right but we we exchanged phone numbers because apparently he was down to like hang out sometime and then neither of us ever call ever called the other and that was one of the first times where i realized like ooh, there's this weird element to making friends with guys when you're bisexual because whether or not that's my intention i'm always worried that it's gonna feel like that's my intention you know it's like when I trade phone numbers with somebody and I'm going to hang out with them for the first time. They're just like, hey, we're two guys. We're going to hang out and talk about fucking whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but also I might want to suck your dick. Right. <laughs> and because I have that in my mind, it's like this weird 
added element of like stress. And so I tend to lean on like, well, if they call me, then cool. But if I don't want to like call them because blah, blah, blah. And so I end up not making the first move with dudes because I'm worried they're going to think I'm quote making the first move. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, me and this guy never hung out because I didn't make the first move. And apparently he didn't really like me that much. <laughs> so he didn't either. All right. Well, let me ask, um, what would you give this job on the PP scale? Um, what would I give this job? <sighs> seven. I'll give what, it a seven. That's where I thought you'd go with it. Yeah, it wasn't a bad job. It just, it was sort of awkward. I never felt totally comfortable there. I never felt totally at ease. I never felt like totally, like I knew what I was doing. In fact, every time I was on register, I felt like I was confused or not sure I was doing the right thing. Didn't feel comfortable there. Maybe the training wasn't good enough, but yeah. I liked merch. I liked being on the floor. I liked browsing CDs, like alphabetizing and giving recommendations to people and like, you know, people watching on the floor. And then they played cool music in there. I remember they played this fucking MC Solar, which is like a French rapper, which he rapped in French. So I, I thought that was cool. I remember buying all of his fucking CDs while I worked there. That's cool. Yeah, there was a lot of things about it that were that were cool, but I was in a bad headspace working there at the end and like yeah things got fucked up for me uh, you know like they often do when like i'm in a kind of a cool situation and then just things start to unravel and i don't have the strength of character i guess to overcome them without letting them really drive me and i mean fuck dude i used to go running when i would i felt shitty so i was running a lot like i i would just like i'm gonna go running and i'd run fucking i remember running 15 miles once just on a whim i just went running and i didn't stop for three hours or something That's <laughs> crazy I, I did like my five mile circuit three times in a row mm -hmm. and it was like i started running it at night and then it became daytime while i was running and oh, everything like i don't wonder what time it is <laughs> i was basically like sitting laying in bed waiting for jacqueline to come home and she just wasn't coming home i was like you know what i'm gonna get the fuck out of this apartment and go running um but yeah, it's weird because it's like there's some really cool things that I associate with this time and then there's some really dark, shitty things that I associate with this time. And I felt like really bad on the inside. And, you know, I wrote some decent music <laughs> during this time. Oh my God. I wrote some good stuff. But, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Aaron recently about like my lyrics from this this time period. And there was some really fucked up, like misogynistic kind of energy coming yeah. off my lyrics. Yeah. and. You know, at the time, I was like, this is more about me than it is about this. Yeah. But, look, yeah, looking back, it's like there's some there's some ugliness there that's hard to ignore. <laughs> um, that's for sure. So, yeah, fucking the job was a seven. Everything surrounding the job was fucking chaos. Dude, I there was some really cool music like moments during that time. I remember... You know, we sent our demo out to a ton of fucking clubs, like any club that we could think of. And for, I don't know, weeks, nobody called us. Nobody was interested. Nobody, like, gave us any kind of anything. And then all of a sudden, like, it was at the worst time. was like, Things were really falling apart for me emotionally. All of a sudden, fucking clubs started calling us. And I remember at one point, we got three calls from three different clubs. It was like... The whiskey called, the troubadour called, and the fucking coconut teaser called all in the same day and left messages on our, on our machines. Ugh. And I remember one of the fucking messages, you could I could hear our demo playing in the background while the guy was like saying, "Hey, give you know, give us a call. We we'd like to book you for a show coming up," like that kind of thing. 
I was like, fuck, he's listening to the demo. He didn't even get through the demo before he called us, you know, like they're either really desperate or he likes it. But yeah, I was like, fuck that. Like, this is like what I want. And I want to bang my fucking face into a wall right now. I feel so shitty about myself. So it was like a really weird juxtaposition of feeling and time. Time was fucking bizarre there. But yeah, you ask why I quit. I quit because I was just like in a bad headspace and you know, I didn't want to go to the job anymore. So I didn't. Um, yeah, like that's kind of a downer winded on that, that, that episode. I don't know. I feel, feel bad. I feel like we should fucking like talk about Mac and cheese or something. I love Mac and cheese. <laughs> it's deli- It's delicious, right? It's really delicious. Well, where do we go from here? Next episode, we're going to, this is going to be a good one. I think there's going to be a bit of chaos, a bit of melancholy, but this is where things turn around more or less for me. I think. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about tower records. I'm thinking we might do a two in one this next episode, because even though it'll be a long one, it's tower records. And then immediately followed by tower video. Yeah. They're different stores across the street from each other. So I think of them as different jobs and they were kind of different experiences, but it's sort of like a interesting two-parter. So we'll see how it goes, but definitely tower records. We're going to fucking talk about the flagship tower records in West Hollywood. We're going to talk about celebrities and musicians and fucking all kinds of shit. It's going to be good. (laughs) I got stories galore from this time period. I'm so so ready for that, bro. Yeah, we'll talk about all that stuff next time. But hey, thanks for listening, Chris. <laughs> love you, dude. I love you too, man. We'll see you next time. All right, bye. Occupational breakdown. Down. <laughs> 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 <laughs>